And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to a very happy New York talk. Um, we have got a belting 2 0 win at Ipswich Town to talk about, which we're all pretty excited about. And then we go look into another big game, the Oxford coming up on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock Saturday. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening, if you are. Uh, Mick and Danny are with us. So thank you for joining us, boys. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about the game. We all watched in different settings. Danny was there in the cold. Uh, me and Mick had to put up with iFollow. To be fair, iFollow was terrible, but I really enjoyed the commentary, Mick. I don't know about you, Sam, Tom, Joe Matic. I really enjoyed listening to Matic. I thought it was really good. Yeah, Joe Matic in particular, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, some really good insights into the way that they train mm. and what they do and um, and how they keep the shape and, and, and everything else. It was quite interesting, really interesting. I mean, the best part of it for me was when the commentary was 20 or 30 seconds ahead of the, the video. That that really kind of made me evening. Um, you know, watching video in slow motion and commentary of something that's happening in the future. It was great. Yeah, sensational. Uh, and Danny, how cold was it on a scale of one to very cold? Um, I'd probably give it about a seven. Seven out of ten, cold wise. Um, when I went to the Papa John's game against Scunthorpe, I was colder, but that was my own fault. Mm. I didn't have much on. Um, <laughs> but no, but, but no, I, much I information, that Danny. <laughs> no, I was prepared for this one. I had two t shirts on and a big jacket, so I was prepared for this one. But it was still, it still nipped at your heels, the cold. Mm. Yes, it's a good deal, isn't it? So let's crack on. Um, two and all victory. Uh, away at Ipswich Town and to be fair Danny there was barely a moment in the game where we were in any trouble it was just comfortable yeah yeah. I mean playing a club like Ipswich <clears throat> who have a very strong desire to get out of this league mm. will never be easy but when you keep them 
at bay for the best part of 89 minutes, which I think is when they had their first shot on target, and even that was a tame header. You know, you've done something right, and I think we stuck to our game plan, which uh, the fellow who was on, the Ipswich fan who was on, said would be completely against our Ipswich play. We just kept pressure on them. Uh, we never really tried to long ball it. We tried to keep it on the floor as much as possible, especially down the wings. And it just prevailed. It was a very easy after um, easy evening. Um, and I don't think anyone's really got fatigued from it or anything. Uh, mm. So, yeah, it's just a good all-round result. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those, Mick, that sort, you sort of think, if that... If, if you said to me in August that you're going to go to Ipswich and bat, basically batter them 2-0, which is essentially what happened, mm. you'd be thinking that's a, that's an amazing result. That's a statement victory. Mm. Is it a statement victory? Or am I underplaying it in my head that it's... Do you know what I mean? Well, you're, you've got to look at... It depends It depends who you're making the statement to, doesn't it, ultimately? You know, because the vast majority of clubs in this division know what we're about. Um, so, so if you if you if you're looking at making that statement to other clubs, then probably not. Other bunches of supporters, probably not. You know, if you're trying to make that statement to the media, then yeah, it's a statement as far as they're concerned because it should be top of league because they spent however many millions on players. You know what I mean? That's how that's how they view it. You know, and I'm sure that's something that we might come on to later on, non-Rotherham United related. You know, the, the more money you spend, the bigger you are, and therefore the more successful you are. Is so, yeah, it, it's a statement in that respect. But let's be fair, the only danger that we were up against the other night, the only danger was the 10 minutes probably before half-time when Gavin Ward lost his head, which he did. And but he did, didn't he? he yeah, did, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ricky were a bit mad. Let me, let me put my hands up first of all and say, I don't think he had that bad a game, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. he had that bad a game. He were all right. He weren't bad. But in that run-up to, to half-time, the, the incident with Icky and what have you, you could see he had completely lost it. He was absolutely furious and he's strutting about. And, you know, obviously Icky got the, the yellow card and probably, probably, to be fair, should have had a second yellow, the way he were mouthing off at him. Um, but that, that was the, literally the only danger we had all night. There, there weren't any more, were there? No. So, you know, it's an absolute awesome result, awesome performance. Against the club that should, on paper, be in the position that we're in now. Yeah, they should. I agree. Uh, a few comments if you watch on YouTube or Facebook. Feel free to send us a comment over. Uh, Ian Bradley's with us. Uh, Danny, he says the match day vlog is very good. And if anybody's watching or listening hasn't, once you've finished listening to this, go over and watch the match day <laughs> vlog just to relive a great night in. Yeah, uh, thank in you very Twitch. much, Ian. Um, Ian Bradley, Ian Bradley thought he was ice. <laughs> when my eye follow went bad. I'm text you, Mick, to find yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a nightmare, that one. Um, Philip Ronson mentioned, after listening to the Ipswich guy we had on the podcast on Sunday, Sunday or Monday, he was totally confident we would, that we would win. Um, yeah, we haven't got an Oxford fan on before Saturday. I was only able to find one, which is a shame. But uh, Carl's answered my text. I, I, I texted Carl to ask him if he'd come on and give us a bit of an update. And he's, he's, I think he might have blocked me. <laughs> um, brother mentioned about the pre- according to the press and the media and everything else, we're still a long ball team. Keep thinking that, boys. Keep boys and girls, keep thinking it. Uh, we're big, strong, physical bullies. Keep thinking, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I write mentions Ipswich and fan Ipswich and Sunderland fans are already in meltdown. 
many fans wanting to make the weather nice for Saki. I saw some fans uh, asking for uh, Lee Johnson to be to be sacked as well. So, and we're just sitting pretty for the time being. Um, oh, surely at top league coming. Curiously, sitting pretty, not having sacked as manager after we've lost three games. Might be a coincidence that I don't know. You know what I mean? It's about time some of these people got a grip of the sentence, isn't it? Because it's just ridiculous. You know, we've got it down road at, um, at Bramble Lane. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get the good stuff out of the way before. We yeah, 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 yeah. Another clubs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the couple of changes. Smithy came back in for Greg. Uh, Lindsay came in for Sadlier. And then at uh, the very, very last minute, Mick, to be fair, you predicted this. You predicted that the keeper would drop out at 7.45 and the second kick would have to come in. And yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Unfortunately for Vickers, Victor had to come in. And, but what can you read into it? Vickers, he had nothing to do with Janssen. He had basically nothing to do all game. Yeah. I mean, I like, to be fair, what, I, I mean, one of the, most, the highlight of the night for me was the fact that Gavin Ward gave a foul <laughs> on Victor Janssen and Victor's still alive. It's remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd see it. I had, I had to rewind. Oh, if I could have rewound it, I would have rewound it just to watch it again. Amazing, amazing scenes, mate. Yeah. Um, Smith came in. Smith and Freddie, for, partner for the first time since the after the Sunderland game. Um, the lot I've got an understanding, Danny. I know neither of them scored, but there is now an understanding. We haven't really seen that in the past couple of seasons. They've got it together, haven't they? Them two. Yeah, I think now that <clears throat> Freddie's definitely more of a pressing striker, they seem to be uh, complementing each other a lot more. When Freddie played a bit more standoffish, it was more of a, um, you know, Smith as the target man, but also as the hold-up player, and then Ladipo would be your tapping merchant. Uh, but now that Freddie's pressing a lot more, they, like I said, they complement each other a lot more. Like Smith can hold up the ball and Freddie can run off him and, uh, and create space for himself as well. And... Yeah, it's a partnership that seems to be uh, showing signs it's going to be quite fruitful this season. I mean, Smith's already got... How many goals has he got? I think he's got about 13 goals in all competitions. Yeah, 12 at league, and I think he scored in the EFL Mm. Trophy as well. And then Freddie's got eight in all competitions. So he's catching up, you know. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a partnership that's doing well. That doesn't take away from Grig or Kyoda or anything like that. It's just that we seem to have partnerships that work, like Smith and Grig. Smith and Grig work. Smith and Freddie work. Freddie and Grig work, and then Kyoda's still that hungry youngster, and he works in both systems as well, which is amazing to see. And I think that shows why we've scored thirty-four goals in the league and however many in EFL trophy I've lost count now. <laughs> About a thousand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, it, yeah. It is very, very good. Um, the defense, uh, well, it was a change defense, mate. Actually, I didn't mention them a change in defense. Icky came in for Harding. Um, I don't know why that change has happened, but let's talk about the defense. Before we move on to the goals, let's talk about the defense because we've got a few comments here. Um, it, Ian Bradley says Bridge was exceptional. Also, asked about Rathbone for the future game. Baza Reg was exceptional. Bridge was exceptional, Mick. It just everything that came towards him, boom, gone. Every boom, gone. It was just excellent. He's muted himself. <laughs> I've muted myself. I'm badly. I don't want to cough all over everybody. Um, I don't want to pass me pass me germs on. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've we've just about covered Reg already in, in those comments, haven't we? He was he was man of match for me. 
he was the man of the match was Reg. He was just different level. And that's saying something when he's playing against alongside the likes of Richard Wood, alongside Michael Ehequi, alongside Wes Harding. He's still a different level, that man. Mm. Um, you know, so yeah, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And he's got a really good understanding with Chio as well, you know. Yes. Um, and that that's that's that seems to be developing really, really well as well. So it's yeah, it's all positive, mate. All positive. Yeah. Yeah, um, Icky had his moments, but I think that was just argument referee. Um, <laughs> Woody was basically faultless again, Danny. There was all, the only only fault you give Woody is that chance in the first half that he couldn't just get his body round to play to play it back across the goal in the obviously attacking that. But other than that, Woody again had, had a flawless night. Yeah, he has, and I also like how Woody's starting to find himself for some reason in a in an attacking midfielder position <laughs> in some games as well. I mean, it happened against Cambridge. Um, can't remember if I had it in the vlog or not. Uh, but then at Sam's against Sunderland, he was in a very advanced position, and mm. to see someone of Woody's, I don't want to say age because it sounds a bit ageist, but as someone of, of Woody's experience, we'll say, still being able to make the run forward and then get back and defend. Mm exceptionally well it just shows how much he's come on not only under Paul Walsh stewardship but under the other managers as well and I think he's probably in the best part of his career and to say the best part of his career is like 34 years plus you don't see that with footballers very often and I think he will stay true to his word I think he will play into his 40s I'm fully expecting to see Woody in five years time still lining up in our defence at 40 years of age he did talk about that when he came on the podcast, didn't he? Saying that yeah. he, he seems to be uh, reaching his peak uh, at this age, and and he also talked about the fact that he feels confident in the players playing around him for him to be able to step out into midfield um, and, and and further sometimes. So mm. so yeah, but yeah, I mean he's just he's just he's colossal, isn't he? Yeah, he's having a double at coaching the under 18s as well, which is good to see. Yeah. Uh, someone like him passing on his knowledge of someone who's played in two distinct areas of football. You know, he's, yeah. he's played in the pre um, and, and even in the younger stages of the EFL, and as we know it now. And football's changed since Woody came into the game and he's adapted. And maybe the knowledge of physicality has improved so much that he can play later on, in, maybe into his 40s as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, all the best to Woody, helping out the under-18s, but just keep your focus on the first team and keep, you know, being that wrecking ball in defence, Woody. Yeah. And I suppose we should best replug it. We spoke to Woody earlier on the season, so if you want to go on YouTube or, or through, our, through our podcast pages, uh, Talking Millers with Richard Wood is on there. It talks about all these sort of things. So if you haven't watched that already, which you should have done, go over there and watch it again. Oh, watch it again. You can always watch it again or listen to it again. Yeah, and, and if you've not watched now, it... Watch it later. Yeah, if you've not later, watched yeah. it... <laughs> He, uh, he he sort of cements his place as the magic man as well by doing a magic trick for us, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> does, <yeah. laughs> okay. Well, that's a pre- lot of preamble for before we talk about the goals. Let's talk about the goal. First goal. Um, Super Ben Wiles. Um, <laughs> talk about the strike first, and then we'll talk about the build-up to it, which we forced him into. Mick... What, what can you say about the strike? It was almost a replica <laughs> of, the, of the Bolton strike. Obviously, he, he, he moved further the ball, but he's just getting better and better every week. That kid, it's just brilliant to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the the clearance, the cleared header from Icky, first of all, 
initially when you first see it with a closed camera angle you think it's just a a, a kind mm. of headed hoof up field if you like yeah. but when you when you see it from the wider angle you can see exactly what Icky's trying to do and he's is it's inch perfect for smith smith's yeah. touch is just sublime it's absolutely beautiful and then the run the run from 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 uh, from from ben wiles is is it's almost messy like it's almost messy like and and I, I don't know whether that's just because the defending was god awful or whether he made him look that bad i don't know but mm. either way the the run and and the strike and the and the finish it is almost i mean that's a that's a ridiculous comment to make you know from from a a third tier english side but that's mm. what it was like if you if you if you sort of close your eyes, you can imagine Lionel Messi doing exactly that. You've seen him do it a hundred times. Um, phenomenal, absolutely fantastic. What a player! Yeah, but Paul Warren described him as one of the best defenders in the, one of the the best midfielder in the league, Danny. Um, and to be fair to him, fair, fair to Ben Wilde, we talk we talk about Michael Smith about how he's improved his own game. Ben Wiles, even from the start of this season, has improved the massive. I know we've played a bit further forward, but you can see him week on week improving his, his cleverness, his, his, his way he reads the game. He is getting better and better and better, and we're only going to benefit from this because he's just a pleasure to watch. Oh, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and the thing that I think catches some people out is that he is only 22. And mm. to say he's had this much development at 22 and he's got about 115 appearances mm. for us, I think, about at that, only yeah. 22. He, he is destined for a much higher league than Rotherham are capable of, like probably Premier League standard, to be honest, but hopefully he just flies under the radar just a little bit longer and stays <laughs> for a season in the Championship, you know, just to cement his place there. Same with Chio. Um But yeah, Wales's development this season has been so much sort of astonishing. Um, if you've watched the video that the RUFC put out about his goals this season, the knowledge and skill that he has to not just pull off shots like that, but to also manoeuvre himself into a position where he can have those shots, mm. where he didn't really do it in other seasons, or at least didn't have the uh, the knowledge that he has now to have done it. It's amazing. You know, like the goals against Bolton and Ipswich and the way he kills his foot round the ball... Like, and it's an opposite feet as well, like it's his left foot in the right-hand corner. It's like, I'd, I'd never be capable of that in 10 years of training. And <laughs> Wales has pulled it off in a single three-season of training. Like, you know, fair play to him. And to say he is one of the best midfielders in the league, if not the best, like Paul Lord says, when you meet him in person, he's, he's just still humble. He stays humble. And even how he celebrates, he stays humble. Mm. And I think that's... The ideology that the clubs put into him is don't have an ego, just stay humble and take it and take every game as it comes and just keep improving, which is amazing to see. And we're seeing it with the other youth that's coming through mm. as well. You know, yeah. so Curtis DeRose might be the next Ben Wiles. And if <laughs> and if it can live up to that, then keep turning out the young players with amazing quality. So fair play mm. to everybody involved. And fair play to Ben. Yeah. Seven goals for the season. Amazing. Let's get off at fence here, mate. Let's get off at fence. He is the best midfielder in this division. <laughs> there's, there's, no, I mean he, he, he is. There's no question in my point, in my view. There is no question whatsoever, you know. And we had that conversation and that that joke and Mickey Tech at the beginning of the season when we played fouls from Dark Road. You know, he is 
different class, different level to anybody else in this division. And we've said it a long time. We've said it a long time. All of us have said it about Ben Wiles, even last season when he was being, you know, pushed from pillar to post, from different position to different position. He is the best midfielder in this division, bar none, in my view. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. <clears throat> I mean, we've compared him to Barry Bannon in past podcasts and got <clears throat> and got a little bit of stick for it. Um, but I want to see how their stats compare. What was Barry Bannon like at twenty two compared to Ben Wiles? Mm. And I think there'll be quite a big difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, Barry, Barry Bannon's watching and he, and he agrees with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Bazza. I'm sorry, mate. I know, you, I, know, I know you're not. I just, I just felt right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we haven't criticised, but we sort of questioned at the start of the season when he was struggling a bit. We sort of questioned when, when is it an age where we can start sort of, sort of taking him seriously as a pressure footballer? Is it a stage where he is... Where if he makes a mistake, it's all right to criticism, but it's all right to look at what he's doing. I think we're probably at that stage now. Mm. If he drops his levels, he would be disappointing himself. If he doesn't continue to play at this level, I think probably in himself he will be disappointed. As fans, we would, I'm sure Paul Warren was. And that's sort of the sign of him that this is where we are. This is this is the bar now for him. You know what I mean? Mm. If this drops below this, then there's gonna he's, he's gonna be concerned, maybe. I mean, he'll, he'll add the dip in form, but this is this is a minimum for him now. If he doesn't go on for a bit too big or anything, which we all expect him to do, I'll be disappointed for him. I'm sure he will for himself because he is just continuing to improve. And mm. like we said, it's amazing to watch. Um, <clears throat> we should point out, you mentioned Icky and Smithy there, Mick, and I think you're bang on right. But as we mentioned with Freddie at the start of the show, the goal came from Freddie pressing the keeper. Yeah, it did, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a half-hearted press. He pressed the keeper quite hard. Uh, and we should point that out because we, we've given Freddie's work with it a, a fair amount of stick in the past, we have, yeah. a fair amount of criticism. Um, but that side of the game is coming along massively. And if he doesn't do that, we don't score. This is, it is as simple as that, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a great team goal, a great, great team goal. Uh, ended with a bit of uh, individual brilliance. Um, the second goal came from a work of Chio and Lindsay down the right hand side. Um, I was impressed with Lindsay, Danny. Very, very impressed with Lindsay. Because he's been out of the team with Red Rathbone and everything else, you sort of forget how good a player Jamie Lindsay is. Yeah, but you do. He, he is probably... Yeah, it's difficult to compare. I, I admire them comparing with Rathbone because that's the type of player they are. It, Lindsay's technically probably ahead of Rathbone, whereas Rathbone's probably slightly ahead of the work rate. Do you know what I mean by that? It's... Yeah, I do, actually. I think Rathbone's just got a different gearing him when it comes to running mm. and pressing whereas Lindsay's you're more feisty and sort of mm. bouncy midfielder like he'll <clears throat> he'll just keep pursuing the ball but he won't press with as much intensity as Rathbun does yeah um you could say that's because Lindsay spent more time in Scotland because it's a more physical league um so if he keeps pressing high up he might end up being clattered um whereas Rathbun's been with Rochdale again league two's physical but you know it's not quite Scotland you know um, but yeah, with, with Lindsay, he's come in after his stint with injury, got straight back into the starting 11 after being on the bench. A little bit fortunate for him that Rathbun is out ill and that's given him his chance. But like Ian said earlier, does Rathbun get his shirt back straight away? I'm, I'm not sure because okay, Lindsay's cool. come in and been borderline faultless, you know, like his exchange with Chio was because <clears throat> it was banging line where we were sat. Mm in whatever stand it was at Portman Road. And 
the link up play where it goes to Chio and then to Lindsay and then Lindsay just takes out two defenders with one pass and then Chio was in straight away. Mm. It was brilliant to watch. It was brilliant football to witness live in the cold. Granted, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mentioned then, you were cold. <laughs> <laughs> but but then Freddie sort of has a shot which is parried off by the keeper, which is unfortunate for Freddie. Mm. But I don't know, Smith seems to have some sort of sixth sense. I don't know if Fergie shouted to him or what, but he just sort of like back heels it and then Fergie smashes it into the roof and there. It's like, what exchanges happened there? Like I know Ferguson doesn't score many goals and it's his first goal for us. Mm. But to say they all had the passion and they all just came bombing over to yeah. the away end <laughs> in front of the fans, it, it was brilliant to see. And I've watched a, uh, an Ipswich Town vlog on it and the fans are going absolutely ballistic. It was, it was brilliant. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Lindsay's <clears throat> to get back to the point, Lindsay's just a starting for me. As long as Ollie's recovering and doing well from his illness, mm. don't rush him back. You know, there's no mm. need to rush him back because we've got ample cover. We say it every week, but the strength in depth is incredible. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's not like we should have changed Lindsay out for Sadly, and that's tactical. You know, you're not swapping like for like. If you swap Lindsay out for Rathbone, you're essentially doing like for like, which is harsh on Lindsay. Um, I completely agree. Um, like, like Danny says, make that build up play. They tried it once before, before it actually worked. Mm. Tried it once before and it failed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the defenders didn't read it. Um, and Chio's just a monster. He's talking about Joe Massick mentioned it in commentary. He just you just can't stop him. And, and yeah. you, you sort of you forget because in my head, I'm thinking Jamal Campbell Rice, Chris Cedric, people like that are the old school wingers who are just wingers, they're not very strong, they're a bit quick, they can maybe put a cross in. Chio's a mix of that plus a strong sort of fullback. It's really like cross between those players and Wes Harding, but with more pace. Mm. Uh, and that's what got him. He, he had to be strong, Chio. He, he couldn't just run through. He had to be strong to get past the man. He did it all game. And yeah, I just love the guy even more. He's <laughs> got, uh, at the end of the day, he's got 90% of what he needs to be a, a Premier League footballer as Chio. It's, mm. it's just his final ball that, that lets him down. It's, it's too inconsistent with his final ball. And we, we've talked about it and they'll be working on it. It's, it's not something to dwell on. But but yeah, I mean, I mean that was outstanding. The, what, just going back to the Rathbone-Lindsay argument, I, I think they are very, very similar players. Very similar players. And, and I think the only difference for me is that they both press. They both press really well. They're both aggressive in there in the tackle. The, the only difference is you can see how Rathbone does it. You can see Rathbone get into that challenge. Lindsay just turns up. You know the ball, the balls there, and then Lindsay just appears out of nowhere. You know what I mean? We said it last year, last season in Championship. You know, as soon as the, the ball went to an opposition midfielder, Lindsay were there, and you didn't see him coming. Um, and that's about the only difference, really. Uh, he was great, Lindsay. Great to yeah, have him back. The, uh, the Ipswich commentator summed it up. Rotherham seemed to have thirteen or fourteen players on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and three were yeah, James exactly. Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah, yeah. It was it was very, very good. Shane Ferguson, as as they mentioned, gets his first goal for the club. I think it's something I'll double check now. It's I don't think he's got ten goals in his career yet. Um, or if he has, he's only just made it. Let me see if we can find out. Uh it's eight that's his eighth league goal of his career, having played over two hundred times. <laughs> so always didn't score very many. That's why he panicked on Saturday, you know what Edder he had, which which he should have he should have shot with. Um that's why he fluffed that one. Um yeah, we haven't mentioned that Barley's. We're 26 minutes in, and we haven't mentioned that Barley's. I can't believe it. This is how good it were. Um, 
again, sensational, Danny. That little turn he did that again the IOC's put on Twitter to just completely mug off that Ipswich play. I mean, that poor <laughs> defender. Oh, just, just gets better and better. I mean, sometimes words escape you for Dan Barlazer. He's just that. He's just that good. But I will say that his position is definitely better suited to the more sitting midfielder role. Like, mm. not, not, not like a CDM position, but he's just behind like your midfield four line. Where his distribution's better, and and, and even against Ipswich, I mean, like I say, words escape you sometimes. But the one highlight for me is, like you say, when he mugs off the Ipswich player, but it's the way he does it. He don't just turn and and go past him. He sort of turns, then flicks it over him, and he's gone. It's like yeah. it's a it's a violation, in all honesty, <laughs> of that player. It's just a violation, and we've we've seen it from him before. Like he's very technical on the ball, but he's also got a little bit about him where he can mm. beat a player. And again, that's come on leaps and bounds this season mm. from past seasons. Um, yeah, just yeah, Dan Barlazer. That's the tweet. End of discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything to add, Mick? No. No. What can you add? The man's, no, no, no. The man's, a, the man's a genius and like, like Ian, Ian Bradley's mentioned there in the, in the comments, he is the quarterback in it. You know, it, it's almost he's almost made that a, an official football position. Um, uh, you know, yeah. proper football, not not the daft football that Ben plays. Um, <laughs> it, 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 and he's almost made that an actual position. He is just immense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, let's have a few comments. Chris Wright thought the fans were outstanding Tuesday night. That's you, Danny. Yeah. Two hundred. Yeah. How many were the two hundred? How many? Two hundred and sixty-seven. Two and six, seven. That's a hell of a so journey so about, on Tuesday night. So about forty more than the last trip to Portman Row, which is good. How was the COVID things? We never I never had a chance to ask you yet. How was the COVID oops? Um to say the um the, how they how they send the letter and mm. is that an other to you, it was annoyingly easy. Because ah. on the because le- on the letter it makes out that Portman Row was like Fort Knox. But you get we get to the door and it's like have you got your COVID vaccine thing? And if you've got the COVID passport on your phone, it's as easy to just go, yep, there's mine. Have you got your ID? Yep, right, in you go. Like, you don't have to wear, even though the staff are wearing masks, they don't, like, tell you to wear a mask or anything. Um, it's, it's, it's easy. It's just like getting into New York Stadium, but with one extra step, which is to show you your COVID vaccine, and then to prove it's you, show your ID, and that's it. Um, there's no mask wearing on the con- on the concourse where the bar is. Um, there's no mask wearing in the stand or anything. It's it's easier than they make it out to be. And I think mm. if the letter wasn't misleading with how hard it was, we could have brought over 300, to be honest. So I've seen a lot of people say they didn't go because of how daft the COVID thing was. But when we got there, it was easy. Mm. You know, and I mean, I've made a, a point of saying the way they've made it out seemed really hard. And my mum's had a go at me about going on about it. Um <laughs> But no, it, it was easy to it was very easy to get in, and yeah, I think if they weren't misleading, easily three hundred mm. fans there for us. I, I think still, they know what they're doing. Still not enough three hundred, mm. is it? It's a disgrace. It's embarrassing support. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Mm. Um, where are we? Um, we'll come on to that one in a minute. Um, Baza says Reg was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Bradley asked this question, which, will sort of, which leads on nice to Oxford game. Is three games in seven days too much for Woody? I was a tiny bit surprised he started on Tuesday, Danny, 
because mm. of the because of the week we've got. Now, the, the the argument against that is that after Saturday, we've got 10-day rest in in terms of league action. So Woody can have effectively a 10-day rest because he doesn't need to play in the, either cup game. Um, it, only Paul Warren's going to know this answer, I suppose. But what, what are your thoughts on him playing so many games in short space? I think if he feels up to it, let him do it. Mm. To be honest, I mean, like we've said, that Woody is an, an extremely fit and... and um, Football, if uh, not not just his age, but the way he plays his football, he's extremely fit, and I think that's a benefit of being with us. Mm. So if he feels up for playing the Oxford game and he doesn't need as much conditioning in training because there's a very short gap in time between mm. training sessions this time, I mean, if yeah, if he feels up to it, let him do it. I mean, we do have adequate cover because if he, he can come into the middle and then you can play Harding in in that the left centre-back role will bring Matic into it as well. So we do have options if he's feeling a bit knackered, but if he's up to it, let him do it because he'll, he'll put in a good performance regardless. Hmm. Yeah, fair point. Uh, there we go, as I mentioned, our youth uh, earlier, he adds that just how promising and good our youth can. we got currently Dan Wiles, Josh Cody in the first-team squad, Jake Hull. That's not including the other ones that are, that are playing in the Papa John's and the Youth Cup, which is still ongoing as well. Um, Paul Chadwick on Facebook thinks we must, must, we must have the best midfielder in the division. Yes. We've got three, we've got three of the best ones, three or four of the best ones. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the game in it. That's 2-0, mate. Um, to be fair to me, I know you get, you get a lot of idiots on Twitter, but I've had a lot of fans come to me, uh, come, to the, come to the Twitter account directly. We've had a few DMs from a couple of their podcasts saying how well and impressed they were with us. Mm. And that's, again, it's, it's something that's strange as a Rotherham fan. We're not used to it. Yeah. But week in, week out, from managers and, well, some managers, from some managers and opposition fans are sort of going, I can't believe how good you guys are. And mm. it's weird. But that must mean we we played really well for them, for them to be praising us. We're playing a different kind of football. You know, all these clubs are expecting expecting what... What, what they read about, as you know, like you've said before, we talked about earlier on, the, the long ball, the physical, the physical, you know, bullying kind of uh, tactics, and we don't play that way. You know, we get the ball on the floor, we play, we play the ball really, really well. And, and we were a million times the better side on Tuesday night. But we've also been the better side in the vast majority of games that we've played all season, so by some distance, you know. So uh, it's not. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. But you're right. It is nice. It is nice to get some 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 decent comments off off um, off, off the opposition, you know. And and to be fair to Paul Cook, I'm not a massive fan of him. Um, I, I can't remember now the words that he used, but they were extremely complimentary uh, about Rotherham United. You know, about being driven and um, and and want, essentially just wanting it more than everybody else. Um, so so yeah. It's good. It's good, and it's, boy, it's, it's deserved. You know, they've worked hard to get to this position. So they deserve. Yeah, he wasn't just using an excuse. We, some, sometimes you get managers sort of using yeah. the, the opposite excuse, but it clearly wasn't that. Okay, they were. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> okay, manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, the good thing is we've played it through now. It's that way. The worry is eventually they might click. We don't got to worry about that till like April or something. So that's fine. Um, Liam McGarry asks about Stockport game. Why is it moved to Friday if it's not on TV? Please advise. I assume Stockport are going to bring a few. Um, I think they've sold nearly 2,000 already. Stockport. Wow, 
That should be a good game. Looking forward to that. That should be good. Mm. Um, Ian Bradley versus Paul Cook's post was very, 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 were class, very complimentary, and all in one tone, one voice, uh, <laughs> which is an achievement for him. Yeah. Um, he didn't use the word. He didn't use the word bullying. As Adrak mentions, it was overused by a lot of clubs. Mm. Um, Paul Cook didn't use that word. Once well, used by some fans, but stuff them. Yeah, whatever. They want you. They want you cup. You know, Nick. They want you for cup. Them. Did they really? Apparently, did so. they really? Yeah, we 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 were league cup finalists once, weren't we? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's it's just nonsense, isn't it? It's just absolute nonsense. But I'm I'm just trying to find out find what he said now, but I can't find it. He said something yeah. about um, Rotherham at the, the level that Ipswich aspire to be. And there was one yeah. Ipswich fan who got majorly triggered. And he went, oh, I remember our team playing Barcelona and winning 3-0 in 1977. And now our level's to be like Rotherham. It's like, well, we're as good as yeah. Barcelona. You know, we, we Seems are as like good Rotherham. As, 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 yeah, Johan Cruyff, Barcelona. Now, nah, mate, 2021 Rotherham United. There you go. <laughs> the tweet. Yeah. Tweet like that. <laughs> to be fair, we're probably we're, we're probably better run than Barcelona. To be fair, oh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. So, he, what yeah. Paul Cook said, how he described him was what described Rotherham was a team full of hunger and desire, life and energy, um, which which I think is a perfect description, yeah. absolutely perfect description. That's exactly yeah. what they are. But you can add yeah. into that not 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 a very not a small amount of ability as well. You know what I mean? There's a lot of talent in there. Yeah, I don't think if we beat Oxford on Saturday, I don't think we'll get the same kind of chat from poor little Carl over Oxford. Um, anyway, now we're going to move across to a talk about Oxford. Before we move on to Oxford, um, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, which is Manskip. Uh, and then we'll come back after this and we'll talk about Oxford. This video is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped are the best at below-the-waist grooming. Over 4 million lads and lasses use Manscaped worldwide, including yours truly. Now, Manscaped have given me an early look-see at their latest trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, and I tell you what, it is some quality stuff. They've also given me a look-see at the ball deodorant and the ball toner, which you use for your... Use code NYT for 20% off and free shipping at the checkout when you visit manscaped.com. Now... Back to your regularly scheduled program. Back. Uh, I should mention um, they're having a Black Friday sale, Manscaped. So you go to manscaped.com. They are, they've got some good offers on there because it's you know Black Friday because we do that kind of thing. Um, so Oxford United, another another away another away game, uh, another visit to a, the Katam Stadium. First time we visited there since the. Famous January 2023 one battering. Um, that was one of those performances, Danny, to just look back on that because it was so special, such a special uh, performance. That performance is what we're doing now on a regular basis. That's, that's the improvement yeah. from us. Yeah, that game sort of came at a time where we were finding a feat in that mm. season. Um, and we are sort of at the same level now, but we've started slowly as Rotherham United normally do. Um, so. Yeah, it should be a very good game, um, but not to <clears throat> shoot down Oxford too much. They did get a very good result to say they are so uh, light on numbers due to COVID. I think they've got in an emergency keeper from Birmingham mm. um, and they had a bench full of more or less youth players against Fleetwood, but they still managed to win 3-1. Um, and I think that was that the game that cost Fleetwood manager his job as yeah, well. Yeah, on his bike now, isn't he? Yeah, but 
we know how to deal with COVID, in fe- mm. um, COVID in the camp. We played very lightly against Barnsley and and that. So we'll be used to the level that they want to put in to try and keep the uh, momentum going for them. So that might be an advantage to us because we know how they're going to play. So we know how to shoot it down because we've done it ourselves. Mm. Yeah, and the last thing you want when you've got if you've got a very thin squad because of COVID or another, the last thing you want is another game four days after your last one. And yeah, that's what exactly. they're going to have. If, if, it, if it was a bench full of kids, that's, that plays right into our hands. Um, and it helps Carl's, Carl's excuses. He can put them out in pre match covers. Instead of doing post match excuses, he can do pre match excuses, uh, which we know he likes to do. Um, Mick, do you want to have another talk about that? Mentioned the game from two years ago. You were there with uh, with your one of your, one of your sons. Um, Especially afternoon for a number of reasons, but yeah, a great afternoon. Fantastic! That first half performance was probably the best performance of that season. Uh, but like Danny's just said, there, you know, or I, I, Danny or you, I can't remember. I weren't listening. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, we're, we're playing like that every every half of every game this season. You know, it, it is a very similar level to to the way we were. In fact, probably we're probably playing better than we were then. Mm. Um, so we're, we're going to go into every game expecting to win now you know but yeah that was a very special game it was a special game more for the the mm. not only the result but obviously what happened afterwards when uh with, with richie barker and yeah. Um, yeah it was it was very very special it still brings a lump to my throat now when i think about it it was very very emotional that really emotional yeah it was yeah very much so um we're now 15 games unbeaten danny i saw the tweet but i want to re- recap the sort of sort of permutations of, of the, how far we are to Records. Yeah, let, let me get up the tweets. Hang on. We knew it were a good run, but then when you see, I saw these tweets, I thought, bloody hell, this is a good run. Yeah, and, and basically it was just because my brain was still travelling back from Ipswich at <laughs> whatever time of morning it was. I thought, what's our longest unbeat, like mm. a consecutive unbeaten run? Here we go. Um, now, this isn't just, well, summer it's just league football, but it is continuous Result like it's not broken by a loss in the cup, but still winning in the league, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so we are now 15 games unbeaten, consecutive games unbeaten. The last time that happened was in 1950 51, uh, when we won the league. Um, but the record is 16 games unbeaten, which was 1959, 1960, 1971, and 2013 14. Um, 2013 14 was all in the league, so this one's sort of behind it because I think we're 12 unbeaten in the league now, so mm-hmm. we're not that far behind. No, uh, but yeah, we're just to compare it to 2013 14 in that 16 game unbeaten run, we scored 39, conceded 16, so that's a goals per game of 2.4 scored, one conceded. 2021 22, remember, this is a 15 game unbeaten run, so it's one less, 39 scored, seven conceded. So that's a goal per game of of two point six and zero point four seven conceded, and you and you look at that and it's like we're conceding under half a goal a game. That's one goal every other game instead of one mm. game per, one goal per game, and it's just extraordinary to look at. Yeah. And so we've got a thirty two goal difference over the last fifteen games. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Wow, isn't it? you know, <laughs> yeah. This is this. This may well be one of the best defensive seasons or, or eighteen games in, Mick. But 
defensively. We've conceded 13 goals all season in the league. Yeah. Now, you've got to bear in mind four of those were against Fleetwood, which was an anomaly. That game in itself, I'm not taking away from Fleetwood's performance, but we've proven since then that's not how we play. So if, if we ignore that game, mm -hmm. we would have considered nine goals from 17 games. Yeah. It's, they're crazy numbers defensively. And it's all fancy and, you know, all cool to talk about your attacking stats. Those defensive stats are special so far. They are. But let's not just pile all the, all the, um, all the plaudits on the defence because we are defending from Michael Smith backwards. Oh, yeah. And that's and the difference, I think. Um, you, yeah, you know what I mean. So, and and now that Fred is joining in, you're you're absolutely right. You know, we, we are defending as an eleven, and and we we talked earlier on about the the commentary from uh, from Joe Matter. Very interesting that uh, the, the the kind of insight he gave into into how they keep the shape and and what they're expecting and how we press and so on and so forth. But that press is all about it's, that's that's part of the defensive unit. You know what I mean? Um, so we defend as an eleven, and I think that's. And we do it really, really well, and very, very disciplined. And I think that's that's as much as a contribution, contributory factor for us not conceding as having the likes of Richard Wood, Reg, Icky, Wes Harding back there as well. Um, you know that they are doing it as a team. But listen, we are we may be fifteen games unbeaten. Let's let's we will lose. We could we, we may well oh, lose yeah. again this season. You know what I mean? We may not, but we may well. <laughs> yeah, well um, you know, and and but even to be in a position where you can say, "Well, we might not lose again. We probably will." They, I mean, the, the chances of us not losing again are very, very slim, but they are there. You know what I mean? But we will lose again, and we may slip up at Oxford. It'd be sad if we have to slip up in front of Carl Robinson, but you know, yeah. so what? But you can, but I think you can see from this team that if we do, if we were to slip up at Oxford or anywhere else, the next game, get ready. You know, I wouldn't want to be the opposition the game after we lose. Um, mm. Definitely wouldn't. Mm. So, yeah. It's going to be a tough Dan, game on Saturday. Yeah, it is. Hell of a, big, hell of a game. Uh, for me, Dan, that's probably our next big question. And I agree with Mick, I think, but the next, when we lose, what's going to happen? Because we've seen it before we, with lesser teams at all levels, but lesser character where they will go 20 games unbeaten, whatever it might be, they'll lose a game and then they'll, they'll go not winning seven games. It, it can happen to the best teams in the world. This team, for me, doesn't seem like they've got a character, but that's one of our next big challenges, what happens when we lose. Yeah, I think so. I think, like we've said, Fleetwood was definitely an anomaly. Like You could take away the Wigan loss and say well, it's in the 95th minute and mm. you know, in, in terms of 90 minutes played, it were a draw. Chef Wednesday, I mean, on the derby day, uh, form goes out at window. Really, it's down to look at uh, look at ball and where the ball drops and everything. But take away the Fleetwood result, I don't think we would have gone fifteen games unbeaten. Mm. I think the Fleetwood right. result gave us a real kick, as if to go, "You're better than that," and we've just proven that we are. And. All I can say is to the t next team that beats us, whether it's Oxford or whoever it is, if they do beat us, fair play. But I think the response will be very similar to what happened against Fleetwood. It'll give us another kick as if to go, no, you're better than that, and we'll keep going. Mm. Um, but the one thing I can compare it to is a team that um, that's already had an unbeaten run and then lost, which is Plymouth. Plymouth mm. run ended, they lost, and then they lost 3-0. But they are still a good yeah. team. 
Um, the other team that's been unbeaten recently is Exeter. They had a 20-game unbeaten run and have now lost to Colchester in League Two. So I want to see what their response is like. You know, mm. will they lose another game? And if it happens to us, would we lose another game? Maybe. But the quality of our squad will eventually show through. And mm. I can't see us losing that many this season. No. No, that's that's very, very egotistical to say. But I can't see us losing many. You know, no. with the way we play football, the high press, the solid defence, strikers that are scoring for fun, and a midfield that's scoring for fun as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's all I can say. And you can everyone can clip that as much as they want. I don't think we'll lose many this season. <laughs> clip it all you want. Yeah, the, the, the difference is with those two squads, with all those two teams you mentioned, is squad depth. Mm. Plymouth haven't got squad depth. We know because they've not. They're not flushing money. We're not flushing money, but we've got championship money coming down. Extra, I assume the same sort of situation. Not going to have a massive yeah. squad. If we lose two games on the bounce. He could make eight changes. I don't think he would, but he, <laughs> yeah. but he could make. If 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 there were two abysmal performances in a row, they'll just change it all or change so much of it. It's a different team. So then you can you don't have that that mental baggage from those two games. Um, we're definitely getting Edward Selsey, by the way. <laughs> I know I have yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, bring back to Oxford. Hang on. <laughs> Bring back to Oxford. Um, they obviously I've mentioned they have got the COVID issues, but they've still got some decent players in and around the team. James Henry, of course, was a thorn in our side last time and he scored the third goal for Oxford last time, I think. Um, as Ian Bradley mentioned, has got Cameron Brannigan on uh, playing as well as of, of a decent player. Uh, Mick, they've got a Billy Bowden playing from into your cricket umpire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, he's, he's obviously uh, he's obviously changed sports and uh, lost about Twenty years as well. Um, I hope he's not. I hope he's not playing in goal because poor old Billy's got arthritic fingers, hasn't he? So I hope he's not goalie. They've got on loan from Bert, from Birmingham. Um, he's not going to be. Very, he's not going to be catching many balls with uh, the arthritis that he's got. <laughs> or maybe yeah. I hope. Maybe maybe I hope he is playing in goal. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, a couple of the, the notable players. I've heard of Gavin White. Isn't it? He's an Northern, Northern Ireland international with Jim Ferguson. Kirby Kane, who is on loan from Barnsley, who people may have heard of before as well. Um, they've, got, they've got some good players. Let's not beat around the bush. Oxford are a team. That are gonna, it's, this is gonna say, for me, they're similar to Ipswich. They're going to be there or thereabouts. As much as we will give Carl Robinson as much grief as he can take, he knows League One. You know, He's not going to get him promoted because I don't think he's got the bottle for it, but he's going to make him in that area of the, of the, of the division. He um, knows League One, he just can't get out of it. Unless he's got Deli Alley playing for him. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we've got Ben Wells playing for us. In so. side as well. We've got Ryan Are Williams they? and Anthony Ford. But they must, well, they didn't, when you're played on, on, on Tuesday, they must be out with the COVID. Mm. Yeah, or, or something else, yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know Ryan Williams had gone there. Set yeah, for a minute. He, he binned off Portsmouth, he goes to Oxford, and he's still sucking league one, bless him. <laughs> off Portsmouth, George has scored again. He's got two this season. I know the first one's in League Cup, I don't really count that one in Papa John's, but George has scored an actual competitive league goal. Um, unbelievable. I mean, it's maybe he's found his level one every so often in. <laughs> in league I, one. Mean, I mean, it wasn't exactly a screamer, though, was it? It sort of bounced off him and gone in. You know, I, I mean, yeah. they all they all count the same, and it's not taking it away from him. But you know, he still hasn't scored a striker's 
goal, shall we say? Um, and I mean, they even said it on on the. Um, he might have been on there on um, what's it called on EFL on Quest. He didn't mm. score for forty-seven league appearances in the Championship and League One, and now he's finally scored for Portsmouth. But I will say, fair play to him. I do, I do honestly, really, really hope he kicks on with it and actually finds his form as a striker. Mm. But to bring it back down to earth, it wasn't a striker's goal. It's just sort of gone ping and gone in off him. But mm. you know, fair, fair play. He's off the mark, and he might kick on with it now. Yeah, possibly. We play play them again in April. So if you can, if you can be rubbish in April, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go for the school. Some predictions. We'll do line up and then then scores. Mick, any changes? It's it's a, it's a Tuesday Saturday game with a lot of travel. So you've got to bear in mind we travel all the way back from Ipswich, travel all yeah. the way down to Oxford. That's going to yeah, Ben might laugh at that, but that's going to take some out of the legs as well. Potentially. Um, what you, if, if anything, what are you changing? I'm not changing anything. I'm not, I don't see the point. Why would you? Mm. After that after that performance, how can you justify changing anything unless there's an injury? Well, there is an injury, isn't there? But we don't know who. There's a bit, Somebody's picked up a hamstring strain. or it, It's only minor. But from no. what Paul Warren said, it may keep somebody out of sight. But I don't know who that might be. It's, as you'd mm. expect, keeps it close to his chest. Yeah, it could be Vickers. It could be what he did. Maybe it wasn't his groin. Maybe it was a, a hamstring that, that tightened up. Um, mm. So Victor stays in there, and and you know everybody's happy. But but ultimately, I mean, we we do this at the end of every podcast now, don't we? You know, coming up, the game coming up. Who do we think will play? You know, what, what changes are they going to be? And and re- in reality, do we really care? Is, is does it matter? Does it matter who? Who plays? Who don't play? Who don't bench? Who's, who's in that first team squad? Because they're all going to do the same thing. They're all going to play to the same level. You know what I mean? And that 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 is the absolute key to this. You know, mm. it does not matter who we think is going to play. They're all going to be, perform at the same level that we saw last on Tuesday night. Mm. Um, Hardy came out for Ricky Danny. Any, I don't know why this, why that was. To be honest with you, but is there any any doubt in your mind that we should just, if possible, go same back three if if everybody's happy and fit? Yeah, I think we should go same back three if everyone's happy. I mean, I think the reason why Icky came in for Harding was because there was going to be <clears throat> a lot more running in the channels from the midfielders, mm. and Harding likes to do that when he's playing his left side as centre back. So I think. To bring a more defensive-minded player in was the right thing to do, and then just to send Chio and Ferguson off down the channels. The only changes I can see is if Woody uh, does need a bit of conditioning, maybe bring him out. Uh, potentially the player that's done his hamstring, if it's a starting player, like it could be Lindsay from being a bit too yeah. overzealous in the game. Or Chio, cheers those issues. Yeah, or Chio, but I think it's the right thing to do by keeping it close to a chest because it makes mm. the whole mind game thing come into it of, oh, is it a starting player? Is it on the bench? Ooh. You know, you, you have to prepare for both now. Um, so, yeah, they're the only real changes I can see happening. I, I don't think we'd change the starting uh, the starting two up front. Uh, midfield was solid, so I'd keep that the same, again, unless there's a little bit of conditioning that's needed. But the next game's Papa John's trophy, so, you know... Just go okay. out and then and then rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we make keep it as as same as we possibly can. I think. 
Yeah, I think hopefully we'll see a Rathbone back on the bench. Um, but again, with Rathbone, if he needs time, he's got time. He can play Tuesday, he can play Friday against Stockport. We can gradually bring him back in. Um, exactly. So hopefully, that's how it. That's, hopefully, that's how it goes. If uh, we'll wait and find out who the Armstrong guy is. Uh, predictions, Danny. What are your thoughts on predictions? We all underplayed ourselves, I think, for Tuesday. So what do you have for Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Um... I'm going to say three one again. I like it. I have I have my suspicions that because we've done Ipswich the same scoreline we did two years ago, mm. the whole thing will be up in the dressing room with. Well, if you can do it to Ipswich, you can certainly do it to Oxford. Mm. So yeah, I'm going to say three one to us. Yeah, I wonder if um, Carl lock, lock everybody out at stadium again. Like oh, that were ridiculous two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, like I saw it come up on my Twitter feed whilst we were in the ground. It's like, what? Oh, no. I hope he does it again. That would be, be hilarious if he did it again, because it'll just wind everybody up a bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah. Idiot. I'm going to go 3-0, because I think their COVID, COVID problems are going to play up for them. Um, if they had a full squad, I'd be concerned. Very Well, to an extent concerned. But with the COVID issues, I'm playing two games in four days. It's going to be a lot from. We know how much of that strain can take on a full squad in March, April last year. Never mind a threadbare squad because of not their fault. Uh, Mick? Yeah, I mean, my sort of um, been watching Millers for however many <laughs> years. Uh, head is telling me that sooner or later we're going to lose one, and let's not be let's not be too too hasty. Could it be this one? Yeah, but my heart's saying, "Don't be so stupid." It's going to be three nil. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one to Millers. Two. I think. We're, I think. Yeah. I think we're going to. I think we'll. We'll. I think we should win. I think we will win. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as uh, as Tuesday night was. Mm. I hope you're wrong. I do. Hey mate, <laughs> listen, listen. I will be happy Sunday night. I'll be. I'll be dancing for joy if I'm completely wrong and it was four nil. 3-0, whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's Rotherham United cover. We've got a couple of other topics we need to we need, we are going to cover because they're still sort of related to Rotherham United. Uh, the, the first one is quite an easy short one, Nick Towers and mentions about the Barnsley ground share. It was just a suggestion, wasn't it? Now, this has resurfaced. I seem to recall this coming out as news uh, 12 to 18 months ago that they asked mm. us to ground share. <laughs> um, they've now asked they've now asked Bradford to ground share. Um it's not going well for Barnsley at the minute. Rock, uh, not, well, not bottom, obviously, but things are going very, very badly for Barnsley after their amazing season last year. Um, I assume we've said no. We must have said no because it's not happened yet. Um, are you happy with that, boys? But that we've told them to basically sod off. I think that's right yeah. for us. Do one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it might come down to our ground not actually being big enough for what they need. Um, yeah. A massive problem, think- aren't they? So- yeah, but I don't think it even got to that point. I think can we can just what the suggestion is of could we do a ground share? We've just gone no. Mm. You know, I, th- I think that's as far as it went, and it's just resurfaced because uh, the West Stand at Oakwell shut now. So they're looking for yes. alternatives. So that's probably why it's resurfaced. But yeah, I saw it come out about a year ago. Not really happened mm. from it. Um, so yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, now we've got to briefly mention Sheffield United. Um, they've sacked their manager, Slozovitsi Yakanovic, brought in Paul Heckingbottom. How that's a step up, I will never know, but that's not the point we're here to talk about. Um, it's here to talk about ownership. Um, now, many of you may have seen or heard these comments from their chairman, um, but I'm just going to read you an excerpt from, I haven't got his first name, his son, it's Yusuf. 
Uh, he says, uh, I'm on appointed Paul Heckingbottom as the manager, as permanent manager. I am told that it, is a, it is, that it is not a title that will go down well here. I don't care. I am not from Sheffield and I am not a football man. I am a chairman. Now, that is only 20, 20 30 words or something like that. But there's quite a lot to pick out of that, Mick. <laughs> um, I think there is. Is don't care. He's not a football man, runs a football club. Um, and we, we know he's not from Sheffield, but it's just it's embarrassing. Uh, they, I know they don't care, you know, clearly don't care. Yeah, it's embarrassing that these people are allowed to run the football football clubs in any country, never mind this country. It's it's funny, isn't it, that you know, 20 years ago, if you'd have said that Rotherham United will be the best run football club in South Yorkshire, not even close. You know what I mean? By a, by a country mile, the best-run football club in South Yorkshire. Everybody would have laughed at you. But, but we are. We are. Ten years ago, people would have laughed um, at you. Yeah, they, they would. And, yeah. and this is what you get when you get people like that in charge of a football club. This is exactly what you get. You know, we, we see it every day, day in, day out in Premier League. We've got it We've got it down at Swillsborough. Oh, they've got it down at Swillsborough. That's just funny for us. It's just just, just, just a, low, a joke, isn't it? You know, Barnsley have got a similar sort of setup there. I don't know what they're doing at Barnsley. Um, you know, that ever since they came in, they, yeah, they got promoted. Now they're going to get relegated. They seem to be shipping managers every two minutes um, and, and talk about moving grounds. You know, it all it's just, yeah, I don't know. And, and to be honest with you, while ever we've got Tony Stewart in charge, uh, I don't care. You know, I genuinely don't. I do feel I feel a bit for United fans because I don't think they deserve it. But you know, it's be careful what you wish for, don't you? You know, if you want some Saudi prince coming in and bringing you multi millions of pounds, then like I said, be careful what you wish for because they ain't going to bring you multi millions of pounds. They're only going to come in if they can take millions of pounds out of it. Mm. That's why they've got millions of pounds. As is, that's the question. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are lucky, Danny. We've got a guy who cares about the club, who's sensible, who's got his brain switched on, uh, and that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it's testament to how Tony Stewart's turned this club round from a club that went into administration twice within a season or within the year or whatever it was to the the only club that made any sort of substantial profit in a championship season. Mm. Um, <clears throat> now, to being where we are now, <clears throat> like Mick says, probably the best-run club in South Yorkshire in terms of um, not losing vast amounts of money and overstretching ourselves. Um, but there was a report that came out recently called the Crouch Report, and it mm. is basically investigating uh, clubs and sustainability. And there's only two notable instances of praise for how a club's being run in this country. The first one was Accrington, and the second one was us. <laughs> and the only <clears throat> difference between our praise and Accrington's is that we are trying to be in the championship, but because of how much money there is in the championship and how much money's being lost in the championship to try and compete, that's that's it's basically said that's why we can't establish ourselves in the championship because we try and do it <clears throat> the sustainable way. And then fall short because no one else is doing it the sustainable way. And it's quite an on-the-nose comment and I'm inclined to agree. Mm. And I think that's the reason why the football regulator is trying to bring in a new fan-led review thing. So that's yeah. like every club has to have a fan-led review of the board and everything. I'm all for it. 
not surprised the Premier League don't want it. Have you seen what the Aston Villa chairman's uh, CEO said? He's basically yeah. concluded of, oh, it's, it's killing the golden goose and we are the sustainability of English football because all the money comes from the Premier League. And English, that, football's, and English football's not sustainable without a top flight. Grow up. Is, English, English just, football's not sustainable without a top flight. They, they can bugger off and form a Super League. English football's sustainable from the little clubs like us, Accrington, who are a football club purely for their community. It doesn't matter how big you are internationally. If you're a football club that's at heart in your community and you're pulling decent numbers in your community, like we are, you are the bedrock of English football. End of discussion. Yeah. You know. Uh, those comments from the Aston Villa chairman or whatever he is, a CEO. Name checking. Christian Perslow. Christian what? Perslow. Perslow. Uh, mate, I can't, I can't name check him properly because we do have kids listening to this, so... <laughs> I mean, for, for the for the CEO of a club that cheated their way into the Premier League and cheated survival and, and cheated survival on on the pitch, cheated their way in there off the pitch. I'm sorry, how, how has he has he got any credibility at all? Any? Because then to come out with a comment like that just just erodes any further credibility that he's got. The man's a clown, an absolute clown. This this fan-led review and this report that's come out is potentially vital for the survival of the pyramid. Not not the not necessarily the ninety-two, the entire football pyramid. This football regulations have to come in, and we're very lucky that at a time if this comes in the next three or four years, it will benefit us. We're lucky. We're lucky. We've got a person in charge who, who's caused that. Even if it didn't benefit us, this these changes have got to come in. The Premier League are not going to are not going to vote for it themselves. Because they would be cutting their cutting their nose off to spat the face, or whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. That's what it would be doing. So fine, there's got to be independent review. The government are making the right noises, um, but knowing governments and things, like that, it could be a general election in three months, and then it all goes, and then it all goes away. My concern is they're talking. This is going to happen in three or four years' time. It needs to happen sooner. There needs to be balls rolling sooner. We need to see this change now, put into law now, or you know, within this year. Because if it doesn't. If something else happens, this this could all go away, couldn't it? And football needs this. Football needs this change. And Christian Perslow has just given the whole world an example of why this change is needed. If, if, you, if way, you're wondering about it, just list that sodding interview. It's ridiculous. I think the way Sky Sports reported on it as well shows what their stance is because it was a very biased way of the um and about it. If you watch mm. the way they've they've done it on YouTube, it's a very um and sort of debate to it. Mm. Um, but like you say, if there is a general election and the party in charge does swing the other way, I hope that football doesn't get left under the rug when the parties change mm. because you've got the Conservatives who have said they want to have this independent review. You've got Labour saying they are the party for the working class. And my uh, challenge to them is prove it. Football's a working class game, prove it. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, it's not about politics, ultimately. It doesn't matter who's in no. charge. It doesn't matter who the government is. It's about money. Um, and whichever party is in charge, the people in charge, the people in the Premier League will buy their way into this not happening. That's that's what will happen one way or another. Um, it's just corrupting it. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. It just adds a little bit of flavour mm. to, to the off-the-field uh, off the field thing, doesn't it? So, off-the-field uh, mm. things. So, whatever. Whatever. Mm. Yeah. We'll keep a close eye on that. Hopefully, we're happy. It's Wayne Miller's. We're happy for now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we've got long again, but that's because the football will force us to talk about other things. 
Um, so we'll get it there. Well, thank you for watching. If you are watching on, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, make sure you've subscribed to YouTube and follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Um, you'll see all the stuff we put out on there as well. Don't forget Danny's match day vlog from Ipswich is up. So once this is finished, go over and watch that. That'll cheer you right. If you're having a bad if you know if you're listening to this on Friday afternoon and you just need a little bit of a pick me up, just go cool, just watch that <laughs> 10, 10, 10 minutes of stuff. Yeah, you will cheer right up. Or go and watch the highlights of our follow and listen out for the Gavin Ward chant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you are on this iTunes Spotify, please do subscribe to iTunes, follow us on Spotify, give us a five star rating. Uh, if you can, we will be very, very appreciative of that. We'll whack Sunday night where we will be looking back at the Oxford game. There may be a look at the Pizza Trophy, it won't be a very in depth look ahead to the Pizza Trophy, but we might mention a couple of bits about it. Uh, hmm. but it won't be a proper preview. Um, Danny, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for your work today and thank you for your match day vlogs as well. We very much appreciate them. No worries at all. They're always enjoyable to do. I'm sorry for rambling and uh, about the football thing there, but if football is your passion, you can't help be passionate, can you? Exactly. Exactly. We love it. That's why we're here, don't we? Um, and Mick, I, th I, we, I think the world appreciates you bringing yourself through this man flu. Um, yeah, I've dragged myself into this, this and it's... It's been tough, mate. It's been tough. But I've, every time I coughed, I've muted it so I don't spread any germs. Um, so we should be all right. But uh, I'll be better for Sunday night. I'm not going to make Oxford, unfortunately. I'm uh, I'm going to be in Wales. So Sunday night should be interesting. But we'll see how that pans out. So I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be one of the I follow audio listeners on the, <laughs> on Saturday afternoon, which I'm not especially looking forward to. But I should if if it's anything if which is anything to go by. I should find out by about seven o'clock Saturday night what score is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, thank you all for watching. Thank you, and we'll see you all on Sunday. Thank you, guys. Bye bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.